Good afternoon, it's Kina Zantel coming to you on this Good Get Woke Wednesday. Welcome to Citizen the Pod. I'm excited to speak to voters, citizens of the world, um, everyone that's out here just kind of amazed at the current state of affairs. Uh, yesterday, Nikki Haley, our UN ambassador, decided to pull the United States from the UN Human Rights Council, which I found to be very interesting, especially since it was Juneteenth. I'm not sure if all of my listeners are familiar with Juneteenth, but it's basically a day African-Americans celebrate full freedom from slavery. Um, So I, I, I I just want everyone to just kind of keep their minds open I want everyone to just pay attention to what's going on um, every day because things are changing quickly. And it's just really clear to me that, you know, this country does not value black and brown lives. Our reason for pulling out of that council was because they, the United States, and I'm saying they because I'm not a part of that group, felt that the council was mistreating Israel because of how they felt about how the Israelis were treating the Palestinians. I mean, do your research, get to Googling. If you're not familiar with what's going on on the West Bank, the, you know, the issues with Palestinians in Israel, um, the importance of the UN Human Rights Council, and Juneteenth. I mean, these are all things that I'm hopeful that the listeners of this pod will want to know more about so they can better engage in that conversation. So today I come to you guys with a heavy heart, but we got work to do and we got things to talk about. So stay tuned again. Welcome back to Citizen The Pod. And you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at The Surge 2018. And we'll be talking soon. Welcome back to Citizen the Pod. It's your host, Kina Zantel. Don't forget to leave a voice message on Anchor or a tweet or a DM at the Surge 2018 if you want to add your thoughts, get some questions answered, or give me suggestions on topics that you want to hear. And I'm just, I'm not going to waste any time introducing one of my favorite people. I'm so excited. He's probably the smartest person I know when it comes to talking politics, my friend Paul is with us today. What's up, hon? Hey, what's going on? That was a nice introduction. Well, listen, you know we go way back, so I get really excited when I get to talk to people who like are totally on my wavelength, and I just love hearing from you. What's going on with you? What's new these days? Uh, busy busy in the middle of campaign season here in rochester new york but things are going well okay all right listen folks this is my go-to friend for all things politics as mentioned before and if people want to hear from you hear what you think is important in politics like is there any place on social media you'd like to direct folks to I actually try to stay as dark as possible. <laughs> Listen, when you're entrenched in the political college, in, in the political game, you've got to stay dark sometimes. Yes. 
Like you yes, just don't need absolutely. the people following you. <laughs> yeah, every once in a while I'll post something on Facebook or Twitter, but it's usually directly related to work and it's not necessarily my personal views. Um, although my, my personal views align pretty closely, but I, I kind of took a couple of steps back from social media just to um, basically protect my, my reputation and my career. All right. Well, you know, this this podcast can get a little dicey. So make sure <laughs> that you just keep it 100 with my viewers. So viewers, <laughs> if you want to hear more from Paul, you're going to have to just listen, into, listen to Anchor, listen to Citizen the Pod, and tune in whenever he's on, because I'm sure this is going to be an awesome and insightful conversation. So let's kind of jump into things. So lately, there have been more and more people who have celebrity status kind of chiming in to this country's political discourse. And that's really not new um, to folks. I mean, President Reagan was a movie star in Hollywood. We had Sidney Portier and Lena Horne, you know, working with, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King in the 60s on the civil rights movement. So mm-hmm. even though it's not new to the game, you know, we've just seen an emergence of, of, you know, celebrities chiming in to different important topics. I mean, we had Cat taking a knee. Yep. And we all know how that panned out. We had the Golden State Warriors refusing to visit the White House last year, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And I know they're probably not going back this year. Um, LeBron stated, like, who wants to go? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. why do you want to be bothered? Um, and then we have, like, the legends, John Legend and his wife, who made a really big donation on 45's birthday in his honor to the ACLU. Mm-hmm. And then you have Kanye wearing a MAGA hat. Like, and I think <laughs> people just kind of went crazy when they saw that. And that's for good reason. So, I mean, how do you feel about, you know, entertainers injecting themselves into the political discourse? I mean, should they just entertain? How do you feel when people say entertainers should just entertain? Well, the first honestly it's 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 really disrespectful especially in the in the black community when you understand that um many of the people that have built up a platform um of influence in the community have been entertainers and this has gone back now decades and decades mm-hmm. um everyone from someone like an oprah winfrey uh as you said to a john legend uh or a lebron james these are some of the most visible um uh, black folks in the in the entire country and so for them not to have the opportunity to use their voice for social good um, is problematic. And uh, for people to try to silence them to say, well, you're just an entertainer, it, it really tries to marginalize um, them. And, and specifically, I think um, we have there, there's a class aspect to this, too, right. saying that people that use their their body um, mm. uh, um, in order to uh, be successful that somehow that is that is less desirable than, for example, the business person that then jumps into politics. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you very rarely hear someone say, tell that CEO or tell that whoever, right. Mark Cuban, for example, he was also a TV star, but he, he made his 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 billions um, in investing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you'd never hear someone say, tell that CEO or that business person or whoever to stay out of politics and to stick to what they do. 
it's only when it comes to people that use their body mm-hmm. um, that you have this uh, othering that's happening. And as I said, I think there's a definitely a class aspect to that. But then there's also just the aspect of of you have some folks that will say these people have been given everything in order to succeed. Mm. They've, they've been allowed to ex- succeed in this country and they should just be grateful and, sh- and shut up and, and take what they have. And do you see, do you feel like that is something that honestly only happens to black athletes? I mean, before Chris, Gen- before not Chris Jenner, before Bruce Jenner became a woman, I don't remember anyone, you know, telling him to shut up and jump or shut up and run when he was, you know, on speaking tours touting his conservative values. I mean, I just feel like, you know, we saw a Laura, Laura Ingram on Fox News try to blast LeBron, but where was she? Well, where was she during the entire 2016 election? Like, <laughs> you, you were willing yeah. to kind of, you know, roll out the red carpet to the White House for Donald Trump, who, as we all know, had a history of just not being a good person before he became president and not really having a real stance on any issues other than things that were important to him. And now he's 45. Yeah, I think there's probably two things there. I think the first one is that is something that has been used more on the right than on the left. Mm -hmm. And so it it probably is directed more towards the black entertainers, but I think there, there are white entertainers. I believe the Dixie chicks during uh, George W. Bush's presidency, um, there was a similar thing that was being said about them when they were coming out and, and, and speaking out about uh, the Bush administration, right? Or even Kanye, actually his comments um, after hurricane Katrina, Uh, you, you, you still have this, that, that this has been going on for a while. But I think um, there, the folks on the left aren't as quick to say to, for example, a Ted Nugent, mm-hmm. uh, stay out of politics and, and just keep playing whatever kind of music he does. I don't, not I really don't sure even know either. Music. So I get that <laughs> but, might be a sign. Uh, but yeah, so the, I think that's really a thing on the, the right to say, stay to your entertainment and, and stay out of politics. Um, and because um, the black entertainers play such a prominent role in um, in black life in terms of the influencers uh, it, it it probably seems a little bit more directed to the to black entertainers mm-hmm. but I don't think that's just something to that that's directed at black entertainers right so do you think this emergence um, of entertainment in politics for votes because I actually believe that unfortunately, you know, some political rules that we have um, were in play when it comes to Trump. For in, for example, um, w- during campaigns or before campaigns, elected officials or candidates like to get a lot of exposure because name recognition is important. So mm-hmm. the better your name recognition, the better you do, you know, uh, in the ballot booth. So Trump's name recognition, um, his celebrity status made it easy for him to become a part of the political discourse because he was well known. Absolutely. So, you know, that idea of a popularity contest 
becoming a part of the political conversation. I think it was just easy to vote for Trump because people were, were, it was easy to recognize his name. And mm-hmm. quiet as it's kept, he used a, um, a manufactured message. I mean, Trump is by design. Steve Bannon, the Koch brothers, if you've done any reading on, you know, what made Donald Trump, it was clear that he was just the right person to carry the message. Yes. So, you know, how how does that kind of change, you know, how the Democratic Party and the Republican Party is looking at candidates or upcoming candidates? Yeah, I think it's it's hard for people that are famous, mm-hmm. um, especially for entertainment uh, that are entertainers to jump into that kind of world because you become a polarized figure one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and as entertainers, I think Michael Jordan had a famous quote one time when uh, there was a very contentious race happening in North Carolina where he's from. And there was this Republican that was just absolutely awful that was on the ballot. And he was there was a lot of pressure being put on him publicly, people calling him out and saying, you need to take a stance on this race. Um, the, your people are suffering here in North Carolina. And his response was, well, Republicans buy shoes, too. Wow. Uh, That's yeah, interesting. So that, I don't I didn't know this story. Oh yeah. Yeah. So th- I think and there was just like a period of of time um I think post post 70s 80s um after the civil rights era and then the black power movement mm-hmm. after kind of a lot of that died down. There was an era, I think late 80s, 90s into the maybe even the early 2000s where uh a lot of the black leading entertainers really stayed away from politics right. even thinking of like an oprah winfrey uh, uh she made her 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 billions but it wasn't until president obama's campaign yeah. that she actually came out before that she was very well uh, um coached and rehearsed but she would she would stay out of the political realm she would have people on sometimes but she would be really good at at um hiding her her views yeah she would uh, stay neutral yeah, then you could think of someone like even like a, a Michael Jackson, remember O.J. Simpson. I mean, I can go down the list. There are a number of uh, and and nothing against them. I mean, some some people we we hope that they don't speak out, right? Especially if they're not they're not very knowledgeable. About exactly. The um, obviously, we want everyone to be well educated to to have the ability to speak out, but some people are just not the right um, the right voices for them for whatever the movement is of the day. Um, so I'm not saying that everyone should speak out, but I, but there, there definitely felt like there, there was a generation of black entertainers that shied away from, from taking a stance on public issues. And then I think it hasn't been until maybe the last 10 years or so mm-hmm. that it has kind of re- reemerged and definitely in the wake of, of the, the, the recent shootings of unarmed black, black men right. um, and women and the, meet uh, the the black lives matter movement i think that really um actually probably since obama there there's kind of been a little bit of a shift right uh, since obama was elected in 08 that's probably where we started to see a lot more of of black uh entertainment uh, entertainers being activists but definitely in the in the wake of the black lives matter movement it be, it really caught fire um all over but in terms of should the parties be looking at uh entertainers I, I, again i'll go back to what i said earlier which is if it's the right person, I mean, if LeBron James wanted to run for any office in Ohio, I would, I would be very, very happy to help. Him. <laughs> right. Um, so there, there are certain, there are certain entertainers that um, they not only have a voice, but their, their politics is in the right place. Or, or John Legend, for example, mm-hmm. 
Um, and so I, I think that the, the parties absolutely should be on the lookout for those entertainers that could make that jump and have a positive impact. But for the entertainers, I, I understand the reluctance to get in. Um, although right now I think it's kind of built into their profiles. So like a John Legend, part of his appeal to certain people is the fact that he is he he seems like a genuine person. He's a yeah. He touch you can feel him, you or you think you can, mm-hmm. and even if you don't agree, um, he is so well spoken. I was gonna and, say and, he's totally an intellectual. <laughs> yeah, I mean he 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 went to uh, he went to uh, University of Penn for his masters. I mean he has he 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 knows he's intelligent and mm-hmm. he can speak well on the issues. And so I think people, even if they don't agree one hundred percent with his politics. They respect him as a person. And so I do think that there's a way that uh, these entertainers have managed their brand well enough that some of them could jump in uh, into the electoral politics and do well. Right. So I guess, you know, we've seen like Meek Mill's growth um, as somewhat of like a quasi activist. Um, A lot of people didn't know didn't know much about the criminal justice fight until mm-hmm. they heard his story. And, and I don't even want to say a lot of people. I just want to say white people because black people have a really, a real experience when it comes to the criminal justice, the criminal justice system and incarceration. Like I, yes. I don't believe honestly there, that there is any African-Americans who can say that they haven't been touched by the criminal justice system. Like, I really can't name one. And, you know, hearing his story, which is crazy, um, just about being a young man, getting his charge, spending 10 years, you know, as a mm-hmm. parolee under, you know, supervised surveillance, and how easily it was for him, especially as someone who had been successful to go right back into the system. And I mean, we've seen this with T.I., who has now kind of become this budding activist, even though I don't think that he necessarily wanted it. And he doesn't have a college degree and he speaks quite eloquently, which is awesome. Um, So, and, you know, we're not, and and in no way am I saying that people without college degrees can't speak eloquently. That's crazy. Um, I'm definitely Absolutely. not saying well, that. I mean, and LeBron James only uh, graduated from high school. That was the last uh, degree he said he's received. Right, and it's really mm-hmm. about you know, you're if you're always constantly learning, you can always better yourself. You know, so Absolutely. just because you gotten a little older doesn't mean that you can't grow as a person. So I'm definitely not. I definitely don't want to say that, but we just, you know, it took a celebrity story to get people's attention. Yeah. So, I mean, how do we, you know, how do we get people's attention? <laughs> like, because we don't, we, we, you know, it's just hard as an organizer or an activist to keep people engaged um, when they just don't feel connected to the story. How do you do that? Because I know you're, you know, you're out in the streets, you're making things real for folks. It's hard. I, there isn't. I mean, if there was an easy answer, I think we would have solved it mm-hmm. by now. I, I think uh, highlighting these stories um, are important, but the other problem is you 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 get fatigue from uh, people hearing about it all the time. Yeah. And so the the trick is how do you 
how do you channel that energy into structural change? Um, because I think once people hear these stories of injustice and, and the light is shined on, uh, uh, shone on these issues, it's hard for people to look away and to say, this is, I'm okay with this. I'm comfortable with this. Um, for a, for a, good, a good example is when, um, when, you, when uh, these different studies have been done asking Americans, what do they think the income uh, uh, disparity looks like? Uh, and then what do they wish it looked like? Mm. And every time they do these studies, even what people think it, it looks like. Um, so w- when, when they ask what they think it should look like, the system looks slightly more merit- merit- uh, meritocratic. Mm-hmm. But when you say what it looks like, they, they think it looks significantly worse. But the reality is the situation is about 10 times worse than yeah. people think it is. And so the, the, the issue is that once you start talking about these issues, they die over time. You get a couple of places that have some changes and then people think, oh, no one's complaining. So uh, the problem is no longer there or the problem is being remedied. And it isn't. And so it's how to challenge or channel that energy into structural change. Um, I know that there is a movement right now to get um, progressive district attorneys elected, for example, all across the country. So that is something that's structural change that could actually affect the lives of people um, who care about the criminal justice system. Um, you have the decriminalization movement that's happening um, all over the country. Mm-hmm. And the state I live in today, I think the top health official under uh, Governor Cuomo just came out with a statement saying that there's no reason uh, or that the pros outweighed the cons in terms of legalizing marijuana. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so, yeah. And so you just have these movements for structural change. I think it, it just needs to be, it's, it's, and as I said, it's hard to channel that energy. Um, and so figuring out ways to connect um, people who are influencers um, and movements into instead of just protesting because protesting is is extremely important mm-hmm. um, highlighting these issues are very important but then making sure that you have the right organizers on the ground that can then focus uh, uh, that energy into structural changes is is the is the turn that needs to be made right so we get into like shedding light to issues and criminal justice reform and just the craziness that's kind of happened over the years. So I just found it funny that, you know, 45 has a meeting with Kim Kardashian. He decides that, you know, he feels bad for um, Alice Johnson and he decides to grant her clemency, which I think is awesome. So, you know, thank you to Alice Johnson's team and also Kim Kardashian for being a person to make him decide to change. Cause I just feel like we all know that he's motivated by um, good press coverage. So, you know, I really felt like his move to grant her clemency had everything about, had everything to do with, you know, what a black people are going to like me for now because I do this. Mm -hmm. Um, But the flip side of that is his attorney general, Um, Jeff Sessions last year decided to basically roll back Eric Holder's policy and that was basically he decided to instruct all 5,000 assistant U.S. attorneys to charge defendants with the most serious crimes carrying the toughest penalties basically telling them don't go after minimum sentences 
just prosecute everyone to the fullest extent of the law when we know that these laws in the system is already set up to be unfair like it's how do you feel about like just that that juxtaposition like on one side Trump will do something because of who he speaks to which is good for us but then on the flip side he's already undermined any you know a lot of criminal justice reform progress that we made eight in, in the last eight years. Yeah, the the I struggle to speak about this because I, I he is a wannabe dictator. <laughs> yes. And that to me was just him repaying her and Kanye and, and maybe uh, her dad for speaking positively about him. Right. And say something nice about him. Um he somehow that 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 affects his policy mm-hmm. um, it's just absurd it's absurd uh, but built into their current administration's policies um are blatant uh issues or blatant um examples of structural racism um and that's what that is that the the looking for the harshest way to penalize people knowing the disparities um, between uh, black and brown people and, and white people in the criminal justice system, understanding that uh, charged for the same exact crime, um, black defendants are way more likely to go to jail mm-hmm. um, or even just because of poverty, um, not have the resources to fight a charge, whether or not they are guilty of it. Um, I believe it's somewhere in the neighborhood of over 95% of all cases never actually go to trial. They see um, they, they, they are... Um, they're uh, they're 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 settled through a plea agreement right that's and that's worst. because you have people that don't have the money to fight this Mm-mm. and you're in jail for two three months and you can't provide for your family you you lost your job i mean at some point you're just like just just let's get this over with so i can get back on my life or get back on with my life right and so b- because of that gross disparity we know that this is going to fall hard on people of color and and people in poverty and I mean, you just look at what's going on right now. I mean, the heartbreaking situation with um, with immigration and kids being ripped from their parents' arms. I mean, it's just, it's madness. And so I, I don't even spend much time thinking about um, the, the one or two people here and there he pardons because um, the, the structural racism and injustice is appalling. Yeah, it's a mess. So how do we... If, if if I want to say, like, if entertainers want to get involved in the political process, and I think a lot of times entertainers don't know where to start, um, because mm. if they're, you know, I'm sure, you know, they... they Um, their banks and you know they know that and they have the wherewithal to just to support things and kind of move issues and agendas forward like how do we engage them in the political process like the right way and and especially financially like I just many candidates are just underfunded the right candidates are usually underfunded like how can we get them to engage in the political process in regards to spending their money yeah I I, I mean that's a good question I I wish I had a better answer um, yeah I, but I think that that needs to happen there needs to be an organization or a group that that helps them channel 
um, their resources in, um, in an area that's going to be beneficial um, in, in movements or in, in candidates, um, in nonprofits that are doing this work. Um, I know that, um, that there are a number of organizations um, around the country that, that do these advocacy works. And every once in a while, you'll have an entertainer that writes them a big check, mm-hmm. um, which is good. Um, but a place where people can go and kind of like a catch-all where they can uh, be advised on, on to where to put their energy, um, where to put their resources for, for movement building. I don't think specifically for the black entertainers, I don't think that that um, such a organization exists right now. Yeah. And I think, but it um, should. go ahead. I said, but it should. Yeah. I think on the conservative side, they've pretty much got it like wrapped up. Like they know, you know, which think tanks uh, to support who they should talk to. I mean, the the Koch brothers, who's act, which is funny because they were actually against Attorney General Sessions' rollback of Holder's policies on criminal justice, which was kind of interesting for for me. Um, and the fact that they spoke out about it was interesting to me. But if you know anything about the Libertarian Party, I mean, they honestly don't believe in police either. So. Um, yeah, like it's legit institutions like they don't think we should yeah. pay taxes. They don't think we should have a police. They should just they just really believe we should have a military. And that's it. I, um, I don't want to give them a pass, though, because I, I so um, uh, Jane Meyer, uh, uh, New York Times uh, uh, bestselling author, writer. Um, she has a book called Dark Money that really goes into every aspect of the Koch's um uh, foundation and their political arm and everything. Um, and actually I was listening to another podcast a, a, a couple of days ago and there was an interview about them and they've done extensive research into why people, the public doesn't trust them and, and doesn't like them. And one of the main things that came up was that they were seen as greedy. And so what they've done is they decided that there, when there are issues that they feel like they're not they're not strongly opposed to or, or, or against and where they can um, boost their public profile ah. professional uh, 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 public relations firms and and some of the best in the world obviously mm-hmm. uh, people consult them on how to uh, how to improve their image and so a lot of this is has been poll tested they they use um, all the different methods uh, in order to figure out what's going to make them more likable to the general public. Oh. And that's, I believe this is one of those times where, where they could care less. Uh, I mean, if you have billions and billions of dollars, you, no right. one is stopping you for any drugs. No one, like those exactly. are not Exactly, you're right. They wouldn't care less. To, right. And if, and if anything, um, they could, uh, they, they can position their opposition to criminal justice in the sense that, well, we don't want to pay more taxes to support these people anyway. Right. And when you put them in jail, you spend a lot of public money yes. uh, to, to house them and everything else. And so they're, they're coming at it from, I think, the most morally bankrupt uh, kind of way of looking at the situation. Um, because my idea is, is we have an incredible amount of, of issues in impoverished neighborhoods. Um, and the issue is not that we're putting too much money to house them in jails. I mean, and, and we know that that issue would 
criminal justice, the, the number of people in the system that have mental health issues, for example, right. it's, just, it's just overwhelming. Overwhelming, yeah. Uh, and so we do need to put public uh, money into these communities, into bettering these communities. Um, they should not be put in prisons, um, but I don't want to give them a pass. Them no credit for this because I don't think that they're coming at it uh, from a from a morally acceptable um, point of view. You're right. Oh wow. Well, thank you for that. So the Koch brothers don't got no stars for me because <laughs> I was giving them. Clearly, me mentioning mentioning it on this podcast means I was trying to give them crazies a gold star in the positive direction. I'm taking my gold star back. Absolutely. Like, they're, they're back to being greedy, manipulative, <laughs> um, libertarians who don't give a shit about nobody. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's over. Um, so, listeners out there, what we kind of want you to take from this podcast is, you know, if you started from the bottom and now you're here, don't forget about the bottom. <laughs> like, we need you to make a conscious effort to make small donations, even when you don't have it, um, until you do have it. Because the effects of your support towards candidates that support your interests will be positive. And everyone likes to win. And money in politics isn't going anywhere. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just... I mean, is there anything that you, anything left, you know, that you want to say to kind of wrap up when it comes to just entertainment, entertainers interjecting into our political discourse? No, but I did want to say thank you so much for having me. Keep kicking ass. I'm so proud of you. Keep up the good work. And I'm sure I'll be seeing you uh, um, in much brighter lights here very soon. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, I care. I care about people. You know, you. I know that you do the work and you care about, you know, our communities and people in general. And as long as we grow in a positive direction, we're going to be doing big things. So I'm excited to do that. So listeners out there, I'm going to need you to follow me at the surge 2018 um, on Twitter and Instagram, be a part of this movement. If we can send 100,000 troops into war for Iraq and Afghanistan, we can send 100,000 citizens to the polls in November to be about the change that we need. Like, we've got to stop this man. So, Paul, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Listeners you. of the pod, I appreciate you. And be tuned in. Tune into us every Wednesday um, on Anchor at The Citizen, The Pod, and Lights Out. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye. <laughs>